Well, uh, my, my wife and I, Roxy, uh, my wife Roxy and I, there we go, we often try to, to get into the spirit of the Christmas holiday season by seeing what the community does in which we live. And uh, so this past weekend, a couple days ago now, we, uh, we went down to the Deanna Rose Farmstead because somebody said, hey, if you haven't seen a light show, you got to go to the Deanna. And so uh, somewhere about 119th and, uh, and Medcalf, the, the traffic jam started. And it's not until about, what, what 135th or something? Anyway, um, and we drive in and, you know, all the lights are off. We must have got there right during the transition. And then all of a sudden, this farmstead just goes kaboom with lights and you can tune in your radio to music and and it's funny that little event was uh, was one of the ways that we uh, began to get into the spirit of of the holidays so if you like light shows and you haven't been there I'd, I'd encourage you to give it a give it a shot it was a lot of fun well I want to read for us this morning a passage from Luke's gospel chapter 2 verse 8 uh, to verse 20, and um, if you have a Bible, you can turn to that and follow along. If you're uh, at home and you have a Bible, you're welcome also to follow along. In any case, let me read this as we reflect today on this theme that we've been following throughout the Advent season called unexpected, and today the unexpected uh, uh, characteristic is joy. How do, how do we find unexpected joy in this Advent uh, leading up to the Christmas season? So reading from chapter 2 of Luke's Gospel. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. So they hurried off, that is the shepherds, hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen were just as they had been told. The angel said, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Now, in this series of sermons that we're calling Unexpected, we discovered a couple weeks ago that Elizabeth gives us a picture of unexpected hope, right? That is uh, a hope that is characterized by a response of blessing and proclamation. When her child uh, leapt in her womb, when she met her cousin Mary, who was, who was pregnant with her child, Jesus, um, Elizabeth had a variety of choices on how she responded to this, and she chose to respond with blessing and proclamation, both uh, over Mary, but over over Mary's child, Jesus. Zechariah uh, shows us that after a bout with uh, doubt and maybe even a little despair, um, where he kind of questioned the faithfulness of God, He finally understands that peace is possible when we place our trust 
in a faithful God. And then today, the shepherds are going to help us discover that joy is one of the byproducts of the birth of Jesus, no matter how difficult one's life circumstances happens to be. Joy is one of the byproducts of the birth of Jesus, no matter how difficult life circumstances happen to be for you today. So let's continue in this series of sermons called Unexpected by looking a little bit more closely at the shepherds and their experience of joy. Now, um, the first thing you, you need to know about shepherds is that um, they were probably out in the field on the side of the, a hill in ancient Palestine minding their own business as the, uh, the angel shows up unexpectedly, there's that word again, uh, to, to announce to them the birth of this child in a neighboring uh, town called Bethlehem. And uh, that messenger of God, uh, the angel, has good news that he wants to share with the shepherds. And, and he says, I bring you good news of great joy, which I've already sort of emphasized in the text that we've read today. To, to, to put this, this interruption a little bit in context, the, the shepherd wouldn't be the type of character that angels would typically entrust important announcements to. You, you know, it's just... I, 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 I hesitate making a comparison in our own culture about the kind of uh, character a shepherd was, but he just wasn't the sort of person that you'd say, hey, you know, we got big news that we want to get out into the world. Let's, let's start with shepherds. That's probably not how uh, a typical uh, ad campaign started in the first century. A shepherd in the ancient world was, was not the kind of job that most people aspired to. A shepherd was, was one of the lowliest jobs in that culture. Think about it. Who, who wants to be sitting on the side of the hill in the in a, in a middle of the night protecting somebody else's sheep or goats or whatever, whatever animal um, from predators? Who, who wants to do that? Yet in Luke's gospel, we have one of the most important announcements that is made for all time being made to this motley crew of shepherds who just happen to be a, a part of God's communication plan on this particular evening. So, so what is this? What is this good news of great joy that the angel is proclaiming? Now, if we consider the context for a moment, the shepherds may have thought that the angel was, was announcing an, an, up, an upcoming uprising that was going to take place, and finally, the Roman emperor would be thrown out of, uh, out of office, and there would be a new king uh, as a result of some sort of rebellion that would bring pre, uh, peace and prosperity and tranquility to, to the people of, of the ancient world. That, that's probably what the shepherds had in mind when they first heard this announcement by the angel. Perhaps the good news that the shepherds heard on this particular evening uh, about uh, joy was that the rich would no longer keep getting richer while the poor would no longer keep getting poorer. I mean, that happened then too, by the way, not just in our culture. The shepherd may have dreamt of this time when he could spend his nights at home with his family, with his children, rather than out in some field someplace. I bring you good news of great joy, the angel said. 
what is this, this, this good news of great joy? What is this joy? A German pastor named Dietrich Bonhoeffer describes this joy like this. The joyful message of God's salvation through Jesus Christ rings out in joyful sound from heaven to earth, and the human race looks up and believes. And in believing, receives Christ and with him everything. This good news of great joy is is, a, is good news because the angel is announcing the birth of the Savior of the world. That, in a nutshell, is what makes this good news. Now, perhaps when the shepherds heard this announcement, and, and of course I wasn't there, so I'm surmising a little bit, but, but uh, just, you know, go with me here for a second. Perhaps when the angels made this announcement, one of them, you know, guffawed and said, you know, as if to say, come on, angel, whoever you are, you know, children are born all the time. Why in the world would this child be any more important than any other child that's born today somewhere in ancient Palestine? I mean, really. We don't really know exactly what the exchange went like between the angel and the shepherds, but we do know that the shepherds made a calculated decision following hearing the good news from the angel. And the decision was to believe the angel and to follow the angel to the place where they could see that the Savior of the world had been born. They made a calculated decision. And then the, the, script, the scripture says that this angel was joined by an army of angels, that, that means a lot, of angels singing, glory to God in the highest, as if to prove a point to these bewildered shepherds. And then all of a sudden, as quickly as the angels had shown up that, that evening, they disappeared. So now their shepherds are sitting there on the side of the hill. They're rubbering, they're rubbing their eyes and trying to get focus and trying to figure out what just happened. And there they are in the flickering light of their fire that they had to keep feeding uh, wood into. Um, and they're having to decide, am I going to believe what this angel just said and follow down to, to Bethlehem to see this thing or not? Now, let me just pause there for a moment, and I, I want to I take a, a quick left turn and say to you that uh, coming up in a, in a week or so, we're going to have two outdoor services here at Hillcrest Church, and we want to recreate the flickering fire and warmth that the shepherds experienced, and the way we want to do that is by asking you if you have a wood fire pit that's portable that you can bring to that service with wood and with your expertise at starting your uh, wood fire pit so that we can have numerous fire pits outside um, while we worship uh, outside on the hill. Um, if you think you can do that, we, uh, we would love to hear from you. So please send us a note here at the church email, info at hillcrestcove.org, I think it is, and say, I'll, I'll be there with my fire pit and wood and my, and my fire starting expertise. We would really appreciate that. Okay, that, the, the uh, commercial's over. After the angels disappeared, one shepherd, I imagine in my, in my uh, mind, sort of broke the silence among all of the other shepherds that experienced this crazy event in their lives that night. And he turned to his shepherd friends and he said, well, 
And maybe one of the other shepherds, probably an older shepherd, probably maybe a senior shepherd, maybe the shepherd that was kind of the supervisor of the shepherds, said, well, well, what? And the young shepherd said, well, are we going to go find this child or not? And he said this, as he said this, again, in my, in my head, we don't have this exchange, but he, he, he rose to his feet, and the moment that this one shepherd did that, guess what all the other shepherds did? They got up too, because they were just waiting for the first one. You know, you know how that happens? You go out to dinner to somebody's house, there's a bunch of you there, and all of a sudden, one person says, well, hey, this has been really great, thank you very much, and, then, and all of a sudden, everybody else does the same thing. That's, that's what I imagine happened here. And then notice what happens next. They, they ran. They didn't, they didn't stroll. They didn't, uh, they didn't take their time. They ran all the way to the village of Bethlehem where they found this newborn baby lying in a manger just like the angel had said. And after a brief visit, we don't know how long that visit was, they returned to their camp on the hill. And all the way home, they proclaimed what they had seen and what they had heard. They effectively lived out the prophetic uh, words of the angel, right? I bring you good news of great joy. Indeed, the angel did, and the angel does. If this story tells us anything it shows us that joy shows up in unlikely places. Think about it. If this, if this story of joyless laborers in a field having their lives turned upside down by the announcement of the birth of a child it says anything, it says that, that Advent, this time that we're in right now leading up to Christmas, is a journey towards joy. You know, we sing about this when we sing the refrain from that great Christmas hymn, Joy to the World, the Lord Has Come. We, we sang it earlier, and I, I suspect we'll hear it again and sing it again between now and Christmas. We, we prepare for this, this journey towards joy by, by putting up all of our decorations or driving and, and looking at holiday lights like I described earlier, or by stringing the lights on our own trees, or buying gifts for loved ones. Advent is a journey towards joy. We all know that. And Advent can also be a, a time of disappointment. It can be a season of sorrow when, when we are reminded that our own brokenness or, or loneliness is still there. Advent can be a time when we must face the reality of, of our own shortcomings, our own losses, our own disappointments. Advent can be a season where all of the things that we've done wrong in our life come back to haunt us. Sort of like the ghost of Christmas past, you know. Sometimes at Advent we feel the sense of grief as we anticipate Christmas joy because we know that the momentary joy that, that comes from all of the things that we do to, cry, to try to create joy, uh, they won't last You see, joy is not a commodity that we can produce. It can't be bought. It can't be sold. It can't be stolen. We can't purchase joy at the, star, at the store. 
We can't buy joy in a wine glass. We can't stream joy on Spotify. We can't legislate joy. We can't win joy in a lawsuit. We can't seduce joy. We can't turn it on with a remote remote control. We can't earn joy. We can't even inherit joy. It comes and then it's gone. The angel said, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. So I don't want you to leave worship today feeling worse uh, leaving than you came in. Uh, so I, I'm pleased to tell you that as elusive as joy sometimes can be, there are times when our joy transcends happiness. If the first thing we have to understand about joy is that joy and, and happiness are not the same thing. Frederick Beekner, a, a, a Presbyterian pastor and author that I really love reading some of his stuff, he describes this distinction like this. He says, we can get a sense of happiness in our life from things that we do. A satisfying job can give us a sense of happiness. A loving relationship, money in the bike, bank might give us a sense of happiness. A pleasant vacation or good health might give us a sense of happiness. But joy is different, he says. Joy is something that is as unpredictable as the one who bestows it. Joy is different. Joy is something that is as unpredictable as the one who bestows it. You see, Beekner's right on this score. Joy and happiness are not the same. And the sooner that we figure out that, the more likely we are to find the kind of joy about which the angel speaks to the shepherds in this passage. I can already hear some of you thinking right now, yeah, okay, Brad, I I get it. I I get the difference between happiness and joy, and I understand that they're not the same thing, but but what about all the uncertainty that that we have experienced recently in our our lives, in our culture, around the world, for that matter? How is it possible that we can know joy in in the midst of the uncertainty of COVID? How is it possible to know joy when we don't know if we're gonna have a job after the first of the year? Where where can joy be found when, when my unemployment is running out and I don't have money to cover next month's rent? And on and on and on. There are, there are many reasons for which we, we, we wonder how joy can possibly uh, fit into this picture, right? We can know joy in the midst of our uncertainty the same way, I believe, that a young mother experiences profound joy in the midst of the pain of childbirth. We can know joy, I believe, we can experience joy in the midst of our own uncertainties the same way that that we see value in the work of our hands when we step back from that really hard project or that really hard job and and look at this, this task that we have just completed. And there's this sense of satisfaction and joy that we feel when we see that. I believe that real joy comes in the midst of uncertainty. In fact, uh, if it weren't for the uncertainty, we may not really know what joy actually looks like, if you think about it. You see, if we have nothing to compare joy with, how can we know joy when we actually experience it? 
If we can't manufacture joy, if we can't manipulate joy so that it's like a tap that we turn on when we need it and turn off when we don't, then, then there must be something about joy that, that shows up like an angel on a hillside announcing the arrival of the good news of great joy. Don't you think? So how do we experience this kind of joy this Advent season? Let me offer you a couple of sort of closing thoughts about this. First of all, I think we can experience this kind of joy in this Advent season. It's not next Advent. It's not the Advent after this. I think we can experience it right now. If we let joy find you in unexpected places, if you let joy find you in unexpected places. What do I mean by this? The, the, the shepherds weren't out there looking for joy. It probably was the last thing that was on their minds, to be honest, um, as they sat out there shivering in the dark. They were just trying to stay awake and keep warm while they tended to the task that was theirs at hand. And then an angel shows up and, and disrupts the routine, and, and the rest is history, right? Between now and Christmas, what is that, about 10 or 12 days or so? Uh, look for joy in unexpected places in your life. Look for joy to show up in the midst of your routine. Huh, I, I, I cut those onions and, and, and my eyes didn't start to water tonight. What happened? Oh, joy. Look for joy in the laughter of a child, whether it's your child or somebody else's, it doesn't matter. Look for joy in an unexpected glance from a spouse. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? If you look for it, you will see it. Second, joy comes to imperfect people like us. All of the people who received the message of Christ's birth on Chris, in the Christmas narrative, Elizabeth, Zechariah, and now the shepherds, they experienced joy in the midst of their ordinary lives. They, they were ordinary people with ordinary problems, just like us. And Elizabeth was too old to have a child, and then she gets pregnant. Joy. Right? Joy. Zechariah was filled with fear and doubt until he came to his senses. And after a period of being mute, Joy, as, as God gave him words to describe what he was experiencing. And now the shepherds, they're, they're doing what shepherds do. And then an angel of the Lord shows up and joy to the world happens. If joy can come to these characters, these ordinary characters, surely joy can come to us. Third, re receive joy by uh, spreading joy or giving joy away. You know, joy is one of those commodities where, where you can give joy away even if you don't feel like you've got anything to give. You, you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes the, the people who know us best see us spreading joy and they can't figure out where it's coming from. Just like the shepherds who headed back to camp exclaiming the good news to whomever would listen, so too we may be surprised that by simply spreading joy, 
to those around us, uh, a little bit joy, of joy comes back to us. Four, and finally, know that the joy that your the joy that your heart is cleansed by the God of all joy. Know the joy that your heart is cleansed by the God of all joy. You know, perhaps the reason why joy is absent from your life right now is because you've never received the gift from, of salvation that the God of joy wants to offer you. Or maybe you received it so long ago and there's been so many difficult circumstances between then and now that you've forgotten about that gift. It no longer has, has a place in the center of your, of your experience with God. What, what makes the joy the angels announced to the shepherds different is that it's at its core about the salvation that this child who is born in Bethlehem offers humanity, not just then, but forever, in eternity. This joy comes from knowing that even in our imperfection, that the God of all joy wants to set us free from our own sin and our own sadness. This joy that the angels announced to the shepherds, this joy that comes to those at unexpected times and places, this joy that, that doesn't require us to be perfect, this joy that in giving it away, it, it mysteriously comes back to us, this is, this is the joy that I am talking about and I believe that this passage is pointing us to. If you don't know this joy because you don't know or have forgotten about the God of all joy, then let me encourage you today, either as you walk out of this building on your way to lunch or, where, or, or perhaps the, some football game that might be, I don't know, uh, or sometime this week, as you find yourself struggling with that same old sin, that same old struggle, that same old uh, place that just rips the joy right out of you, offer a prayer to God, inviting God, the God of all joy, to come and uh, take place, take a place in your heart. Whatever obstacles you may be facing that seem insurmountable, whatever burdens that you might be secretly carrying, let the God of all joy help you carry those, help you confront those obstacles. Would you do that? If, if you do, I, I have a pretty good hunch that um, your Advent and Christmas season this year, in spite of everything else, is going to have more joy than, you, than, than recent memory. Let me pray for you as we, uh, as we conclude. God of unexpected joy, our hearts leap at the thought that we can experience the joy that the angels were talking about uh, a long time ago, but we can experience that same joy now. We're, uh, we're tired of slogging through Christmas trying to manufacture joy that we yearn for. So right now, right here, we offer you our broken and bruised hearts, and we confess that we need the joy of your salvation now more than ever. Please forgive me for my false pretense, 
for my half-hearted commitment, for my arm's length religiosity. Come into my life right now and transform this broken heart into a heart that knows forgiveness and joy beyond our wildest dreams. And I will proclaim the good news of great joy along with the shepherds who found joy in their salvation and they were never the same again. Yes, Lord, this is what I want this Christmas season. Let it be true for me. Let it be true for us. Let it be true for the person sitting in their living room right now, maybe feeling a little uh, tear coming out of their eye. In the name of Jesus Christ, the God of all joy, 